ladies and gents, sometimes those go live buttons take a second. All right, let's do this. It is Thursday, and as uh, as our guest here pointed out, it is S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. Let's get this show on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Bros. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, who do we got on the show today? Uh, when people... Uh, when people book a guest spot on our show, I ask them to give me three things that they want to talk about. Now, normally I use that information and their websites to write up their intros for the show. But today's guest had such a great intro when he booked, I just had to use it. So here it is. Number one, the first thing he said, uh, please don't wait for your life to fall apart to ask yourself the question, what if you had nothing to lose? There's always, uh, there's there are ways of imagining that without avoiding the whole, uh, your whole life falling apart thing. Number two, be brave and establish your own path. It may be the key to your success and happiness. And number three, business is a science, not always an art. Many key fundamentals can be learned and there's no reason why a plumber can't start an online coaching business or a software tool for plumbers. I mean, how awesome is that? That is the spirit of entrepreneurship that we love talking about in the show. So let's welcome to the show from Beach View Coaching, Todd Randall. All right, Todd, welcome to the show, man. How did you get the video link to my backyard, dude? I didn't realize that was not secure. <laughs> I'm going to wrap that up. Google Earth, we just locked it in. I don't know. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Sweet, nice dude. to talk All to right. you, man. You too, man. Welcome to the show. Um, let's start off with the with the obvious. You are hopping on podcasts. You made your way onto the Business Bros podcast. Uh, why? Why are you on the show? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. Yeah, I think my story is interesting because my life has fallen apart a few times and I've been able to put it back together. Um, and so that makes for a provocative, you know, podcast chat. I think the other thing too that's that's interesting about my story is that I've I've achieved something that a lot of people are kind of shooting for right now, which is a, a sense of remote work. Mm. Um, but I'm just a regular Joe. Like I didn't have an innovation. I didn't start a social media platform. Um, I didn't come capitalized. I didn't use VC. I'm just a guy who was, a, you know, a, uh, what do they say, a cog in a wheel mm -hmm. of a large corporate organization. And I decided that I was going to be fine. I just needed to start somewhere. And so I put my foot in the pool, my toe in the pool, as they say, started a small business and off I went. And it's not that I didn't, you know, have travails or difficulties or conflict. Um, but as long as, you know, I, I stayed with it, I worked hard um, and in the end building, a, you know, my small empire, which is relative, of course, but it really works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but the size of your empire, right? It's almost like I kind of feel like it's almost a phallic symbol that's used in business. Like my my company's bigger than yours. I have more yeah. employees. I run a you know. Look at my top line revenue. There's a lot of that that goes on in business. But I feel like most people don't understand. If you're waking up every day hating what you do, yeah. it doesn't matter how big it is. Yeah, I think that really goes to my, the second point that I was trying to make in my intro, and, and that is that you have to choose your own damn path. Right. You can't let other people decide. And um, especially 
like I work, one of my businesses is coaching consulting, right? And people are online looking for clients um, and online in, in this business nowadays. And there's a lot of, you know, social media is a tool where people showcase the very best of themselves. It's not really a, a tool for honesty and transparency. It doesn't show the whole world in a way like a reality TV show. It only shows the very best of people. And um, there's a bit of hype that goes along with it. And I think that's a that's a dangerous trap to set yourself into because those folks have goals that you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's taking a picture of themselves in a Countach uh, on Manhattan Beach, God bless them. I don't want to live in Manhattan Beach and I don't want to drive a Countach. It's not my lifestyle, right? Exactly. Um, and when you're 20, it's kind of hard to see that because why wouldn't anyone want a Countach? Countaches are expensive cars and it shows that you've succeeded. And it takes a little nuance for you to get past the point, okay, yes. Like I do want things that convey my success because it helps me feel proud, but it doesn't need to be a fancy car. It could be something else. Or there may become a self point of self-awareness when you become later in life that you actually don't want to convey an image of success. Right. You just want to be trusted. That's how you Joan. That's how you scratch that itch is that you work with people that trust and believe in you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, he's got me. She's got me. They understand that I'm valuable and they don't need the internet to think they're valuable. They don't Mm. need when they drive down the road in a fancy car and people they've never met before applaud in their general direction. That's a different kind of, um, that's a different kind of positive reinforcement. Um, and when you're 50, I'll assure you, that when you reach there, you'll have a slightly different perspective on how you want to be applauded, how you want to be recognized. And for me, for instance, I have like five people that tell me, I, you know, that I'm smart or funny or caring, and it means a lot to me. And I could, and I care much less about if a thousand people like a photo that I put online. You talked about how it doesn't always go according to plan. There's there's ups and downs. You had a lot of mistakes yeah. in your life. Um, I'm heading into You've a heard. milestone. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm heading into a milestone age. Uh, I'll be 40 this year in, in yeah. August. Um, yeah. and I feel like when you hit some of these milestones, you start to reflect. I do it every year. I don't really like yeah. my birthday. Oftentimes, I'm like, am I really where I'm supposed to be? Uh, yeah. And I feel like I've had a lot of external pressure or external um, anchoring, right? Like maybe it's my parents have set a bar for what yeah. life is supposed to be like. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm doing a lot of this contemplating, but when people look at me from the outside, it's like, Hey dude, you live in a nice house. You got a great show. You got a great career. Yeah. Like from yeah. the outside looking in, it's great from the inside. How often did you feel throughout your career? Maybe do you still feel that struggle of maybe imposter syndrome? Maybe I'm not enough, or maybe yeah. I'm struggling, or maybe I'm, you know, not where I'm supposed to be. I really did. And I think that's one of the reasons that I harp on it so much now in my consulting and coaching is I try to get people really centered and balanced because it makes it, it makes it so much easier to, to, to execute if you know exactly where you're going, mm-hmm. right? Running a hundred miles an hour in a circle doesn't get you anywhere. Um, it's kind of cliche to say that, but in business, it happens all the time. You talk to a CEO and you're like, Hey, things are not going well. What do you want? Well, I want, you know, I want to be one of the top 50 listed in, in this magazine. And I want, you know, I want to be president of my chamber and I want a thousand employees. That's my next goal is a thousand employees or a hundred million dollars. And you're like, yeah, no, like, what do you really want? Do you want to be respected by your peers? Do you want to retire? Do you want to be famous? Like, let's pick one and go for that because you can almost always reach it if you do. And so that internal, you may find that, that, um, the expectations that the world has of you 
seem so in tune with the direction you're heading at one point in your life and very much not in tune with where you're headed at some other point in your life. And if you're mm. smart enough, you'll stop and re-examine. Like one thing you said that I really like is you say like, I'm constantly re-examined. Like I'm looking at that from the outside in and, and measuring myself against some milestone. That's not a terrible thing. The okay. question is whose milestone is it? Right. Whose benchmark? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't effing matter. It really doesn't. If you're measuring against a benchmark of someone that you don't know, especially if you don't know them. Well, okay. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Cause, cause, okay. I understand measuring the benchmark of somebody you don't understand or somebody you don't know some, something that you see that you think is a shiny object that you start to chase. Yeah. But what is in like, if, I'll give you an example. In my case, I, I, I grew up in a pretty Brady Bunch family. I mean, my parents don't curse. They don't drink. They don't smoke. Yeah. They go to church all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. the epitome of what you think a perfect relationship is, like yeah. that's where my parents are, right? And so for mm -hmm. me, that's the anchor. And mm -hmm. growing up, it's a high expectation. You know, I, my, in my mind, that's not really the life I wanted to lead. I wanted, I wanted to seek the fame, the fortune. I wanted to be a professional ball player, you know, like all these yeah. other things. Mm -hmm. But I ended up becoming just like my parents. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and, and that's not a bad thing. Good or bad. Yeah. Good or bad. It's not a bad thing. I have a great life, yeah. but I do sit here sometimes, especially like today, for example. And I wonder, like, I feel almost lost at times, even though everything yeah. looks perfect. I'm sympathetic. Let, let me tell you a story that may anchor, that may resonate with some of your listeners. So I was, uh, when I was 40, I had just quit corporate. I was uh, doing super well and I had fame and fortune and prestige within my world. Uh, I was making a ton of money and I wasn't for whatever reason, fully satisfied with that. I wanted to do my own thing. So I quit and uh, started looking around for a small business to start. Cause I didn't have a great idea. I, I didn't have a Rubik's cube in my backpack or a software idea or some platform to start with. And so I thought, well, I'll just buy an existing business or I'll start one and we'll go from there. Right. Um, and about three or four years in, uh, maybe say five, this is not so long ago, actually. Um, some of the businesses, I had uh, four businesses set up and I was by all, by all means, by all most measures, I was killing it. Right. And the industry started to turn in ways that were out of my control. I didn't see them coming. We had staffing shortages. We had supply shortages. My, uh, one of my leading business partners started to go sideways and I was having a hard time controlling that. And I thought I might lose everything. Mm. Now I had a penthouse apartment overlooking the beach. I would play polo with my friends on the weekend. I traveled all over the world. I was single and dating happily. Like I felt like I had the world by the balls, right? And all of a sudden, like I thought not just one, not just two, but all four businesses could go sideways at the same moment. And I can't, like all the things that I just mentioned, a fancy place to live, a nice car, highfalutin friends, whatever, highfalutin sports, like all those things, I couldn't do all of them. And so for the first time in my life, I had to really pick most of the things that I did on a daily basis and vote them off the island. Oh, right. Prioritize your, your passions and your joys and deciding on like, what is it that you get to keep and what is yeah. it that goes away? And it's a slightly different conversation when you're 20 and you have nothing and you think I want it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I just going to continue to aspire to want everything. It's a different conversation when you've accomplished most of that and it's sitting in your palm of your hand and then you have to, to give it up. And it begs the question. This is the question I ask people all the time. If you were going to lose it all, right? What's the thing that you would cling to, mm. right? At, at risk of losing your fingers. What's the thing you would cling to if you were going to lose everything else? And I had to ask myself that very tough decision. 
about what that was going to be like. Like I said, I was single at the time. I thought, well, geez, I don't want to lose my pride, <laughs> right? Yeah. But my pride is not as important as my health. Yeah, very right? true. And I love the place that I live. It gives me lots of balance and happiness and everything. But um, the businesses are what's going to drive my financial security in the future. So I'd rather give up my comfortable place to live than the mm. businesses. And what I chose, here's what I did. <laughs> I took everything I had out of this penthouse apartment overlooking the beach. I moved it into storage. I bought an old truck and a dumpy RV. And I lived in that for two and a half years until I got the businesses turned around. <sighs> Sometimes. Time, time. Wait, wait, hold on. First of all, yeah. first of all, huge, huge. Yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, the pair on you is got to be massive, yeah. man, because th that idea of, for me, and I know sitting here, pride is one of those big things that my identity, my brand of who I am yeah. is one of those things that is hard, I think yeah. would be very difficult to let go. And yeah. you, 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 you played your worst case scenario and then you lived it. Yeah. It was a little bit of a, um, a, a, a emotional test for myself. Like I, 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 I didn't need to be in panic mode, but I saw some winds coming that could in fact sink the whole ship. Mm. And, and it freaked me out. It really did. And I thought, okay, I'm going to overreact because overreact will save the two things that matter most to me. And the two things that matter most to me was that I was developing my mind, that I was developing myself as a person and that I salvaged the businesses. Those are the two most important things to me. And so I picked only a few things that helped that I could work on personally. And that was, I was uh, riding horses a lot at the time. And I thought, okay, that's a way that I can salvage my pride. It's a way that I can, that I can have, you know, express my curiosity. It's a way that I can express my physicality and stay fit and emotionally centered. Right. And so what I did is I took this truck and trailer and I drove it to a friend's farm and I parked it in the back right next to the horse's stable and I rode horses every day. And I worked like crazy to salvage the businesses. And it was just a matter of, you know, salvaging working capital because I saw a storm coming. Mm -hmm. Now, a year later, the pandemic hit, right? And all my friends had said, oh, Todd, you might be overreacting, right? I was preparing myself because I thought any little thing happens and I could be, I could be in trouble. And then they all happened. Like that little thing became a really big thing. And I'm so glad that I took this kind of, you know, this big step to protect my businesses because I had pooled working capital. I had put myself in a place where I was kind of independent and centered. Um, and uh, I'd found out who my true friends were, of course. And mm -hmm. um, the businesses were salvageable. Like during the pandemic, I could have lost everything. And in fact, I turned them around and not, not only salvaged those businesses, but started three more um, and ended up in better shape than I could have ever expected, right? I mean, that's that to me, first of all, it's a blessing, but also the fact that you were willing to take some action. Most people are not. I, I like what Sam, Sam says here. Every fat person can, can tell you how to lose 10 pounds, right? So <laughs> every person who's been in that situation uh, has an idea of mm -hmm. how it's going to be successful. But oftentimes we go to the person who hasn't been in a situation and ask them for their greatest advice on what that situation would be. You've literally gone through this. You've built yeah. a business. You've been knocked down. You picked yourself back up. I mean, that's one hell of a ride to go on. And now yeah. you're helping entrepreneurs do that same thing, right? Yeah, I think the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that it, it doesn't have to be an art. Like you see people that are 
flashy and dress nice and talk well at cocktail parties, they're not the only entrepreneurs in the room. They're the ones you notice and recognize, right? But there are probably 70% more of the, of the entrepreneurs in the room that are the quiet folks that just work hard all the time and having interesting conversations, you know, at, at the back of the house. So the question is, what are those people doing, right? They're not, um, gifted PR folks necessarily. They're folks who learned fundamental business skills and apply them to their business over and over again, uh, failing and then learning lessons and then refining their practice until they get it. And that's the, that's the lesson that I mostly try to pass on in my consulting and coaching practices is that if you don't understand it now, that's okay. Lots of people have businesses. Let's find people that have businesses like yours, or let's count on people with 20 years more experience. And we'll just, we'll, we'll create a process that helps you get there. Mm. Well, today makes that sort of process even easier than before oh, yeah. because, you know, one of the things I, I'm always contemplating myself, uh, I've done a number of different businesses, but a lot of them have been like solo businesses, right? Where I'm providing and fulfilling and doing everything that's required. And yep. once I started hitting, you know, late thirties, now into my forties, I'm starting to tr like really shift the idea of how I want to do business. And one of the reasons mm -hmm. why we started the podcast and, and building a brand is because I don't really want to do fulfillment as much as I get older and older. I want to have more time for other things, but yep. the internet gives us the ability to partner with people who all they want to do is fulfillment. Like identifying right. what it is you want to do is one thing. The other thing is accepting it and willing to say it's okay, right? This is what I want to do. And even though not everybody in your circle agrees with that as a good idea or as a right step forward, it's what makes yeah. me happy. And it's what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, figure out. And I think that's the yeah. hardest part about entrepreneurship is deciding and then realizing that you don't know, but you're going to figure it out. You just don't have a time frame. Yeah. 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 If you, if you come to terms with something that's valuable to you, it's, it's tough work. You have to practice this, this skill of being decisive. Mm -hmm. Being decisive is, is something an entrepreneur must be from time to time. And you'll find someone that's been doing it for 20 years and it, be, it does become easier. It's a more refined skill after 20 years because they learn that the whole world is not going to implode every time they make a decision that isn't right. You can make a decision and then refine later. Um, as a young entrepreneur, I was um, you know, paralyzed with fear to make a decision sometimes, and I would overanalyze waiting and waiting and waiting. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you that, that being decisive is an important part of that, but um, it's easier to be decisive if you're clear about you know, what you want as opposed to what the world wants for you. Well, that, I think that's where that whole idea of manifesting comes into fruition, right? I think people like to use manifestation as, as a, like a, a magic thing. You're going to bring it in, the universe is going to bring it all. But really yeah. it's like, you know what, you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. And even though you're taking baby steps and you're tripping all the way there, you're eventually going to get there <laughs> as long as you take action. Decisiveness, you can change your mind at any time. Yeah. Elon Musk said he was going to buy Twitter. And then this week, what is he saying? Hey, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kind of change my mind here. And we're talking multiple billions of dollars in a purchase. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. was able to say, I'm going to do it. And then a while later saying, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's in the full public eye. And yet us, the small entrepreneur, we yeah. won't make a decisions. And the consequences are so small and, and they small, pale yeah. in comparison, right? Mm -hmm. I, love, I love your expression of tripping all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good entrepreneurs learn how to trip forward, you know. That's absolutely right. It's yeah, it, to their goal. It, it totally is. It totally is. Okay, so uh tell me about your coaching practice. When 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 people meet with yeah. you, when they talk to you for the first time, I mean, I I feel like uh 
everybody needs to have a coach in their life, but not every coach is meant for every person. What's it like working with you? No. Yeah. So I, I try to be uncle Todd. Um, I'm, I try to be in your camp and help you get what you want. I, you know, there are lots of coaches out there who really like taking on projects. They like to accomplish some single business objective. Um, I think that running a business requires, um, requires sage counsel. And I wish I had more of it when I started mine. I was a little maybe overconfident that I was just going to learn the skills. Um, I, I'm a little, bo- little bit like the man in the car that doesn't want to stop for directions. Mm-hmm. When I started my business, it's like, yeah, I could ask. I could find people who've done it before, but um, I know I can figure it out. So why wouldn't I? And then I don't have to embarrass myself by telling people that I don't, I don't know. Um, mm. And as I have had more experience with different types of companies, I have used that as an excuse. Okay. So I've been in med tech. I've been in fitness. I've been in um, spa business, right? Um, but I've never had a construction wholesale company before. And so that's my trigger. So I'm able to go to someone and I can say, hey, I'm an experienced business person, but I haven't had a wholesale construction company before. And you have. Can I, you know, can I ask your advice on things? And it, for whatever reason, that helped me get over the hump of just asking for help. And so I try to be that person, that person who helps a person ask the tough questions of themselves. Um, like I said before, business fundamentals are not the gift of the elite or the beautiful. Um, they are just things that you can learn and then practice and you'll suck at them at first. Everyone does, but you'll get better. Right. You and, said, your business, and your business will perform as a result. You said you help people ask the tough questions. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, a lot of times it's the ask that most entrepreneurs struggle with. And the ask can yeah. be in a bunch of different ways. It could be asking for the sale. It could be asking for the referral. It could be asking for help. Yeah. It could be asking in a lot of things. Do you think it really boils down to if you were able to just not worry about what other people think and what other people say and ask those questions and have those tough conversations, a lot of the troubles would go away? Yeah. Let me give you a good example of that. So I, a lot of people like to run their businesses online these days. It's a good way Mm -hmm. of reaching a large audience in some forms. In some cases, it's better to be local, right? But but um, a lot of people are using um, online social media tools for um, like PR and lead lead generation, et cetera. And uh, when I do any consulting engagement, I always ask them what they're in it for. Um, and I try to ask three or four ways of finding out if they just want to be famous because social media is a way to get your image and your counsel and your, you know, likability out to thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of people if you want. And people that spend a lot of time online sometimes this is a big driver for them. And what I try to do is I try to help them understand that it's okay, right? It's okay if that's one of your drivers, but please, whatever you do, identify it now so that you Mm. can feed that need. So if that's something extremely satisfying you, feed it, don't be afraid of it, you know, no judgment, Um, but find a way to feed it and then see if there's a business model behind it because being famous does not pay the bills. Um, having an Instagram following of 10 or 15,000 people is not necessarily helpful. The question is, what are you in business for? Do you really want to help people become better animal trainers? Why? Right. Do you, do you feel like people are not training their, their animals well and that animals are suffer as a result? That's a whole different reason from, I want to be famous for teaching people how to, how to teach their pets. Mm. Right. So, but fame is so attractive, right? I, I guess what, what for me, that was one of those things where I'm like, dude, I just want to be famous. <laughs> the question I always came yeah. back to was, what do you want to be famous for? 
Sure. Right. Yeah. Because that's, I think that's where the key is. I, I've always felt, and this is like part of my own habits is mm-hmm. I want to be known for what I've done. Right. And this is you know the hard work that I put in. I want to be recognized for that, that the, yeah. the, the, the lives that I've changed, I want to be recognized for that. Not really because I'm cute or because, you know, like not that kind of fame. I want to actually have mm-hmm. made an impact. But yeah. when you think of it in fame, like, how do you do that? Is it educational? Is it entertainment? Is it, you know, is it through my business? Is my business even the type of business that can make me famous? Like all these questions start popping into my head. Yeah. Like I said, you have to, you have to go back and um, allow yourself to, to answer the questions honestly. And sometimes it's, you just have to ask them in different ways and you'll find that your answers mm-hmm. are inconsistent. And you have to go back and find out why, right? Um, but there are good reasons why being famous is helpful right? Like you could have, you could object to the way uh, animal trainers are conveying animal training to the general public. You could have, you could object to that. You're like, oh, I, I, I don't like the way that they're teaching the public to teach their dogs to sit, right? And being famous is a way for you to get the message out and counter what you think is poor training, mm. right? You could, um, you could feel like the youth who are chasing Instagram fame, right? may feel empty or superficial at 22, 23, if they haven't found some way of taking their Instagram likability and transferring into something that's a slightly more soul satisfying, right? And you could be concerned about that. And the only way to reach them is to go out and become an Instagram influencer in a way that reaches them. Now, fame Mm -hmm. in that case is extremely helpful. And you can't be just famous. You have to be famous and attractive to them. Right. Um, and so it can be a vehicle to get, to get work done. And I, you know, I respect that very much. Um, but it, you have to ask the question, like for me, a fame is not a thing for me. Right. I really want to be respected, um, for offering fair counsel. Right. That's, mm. that's what I love. And if 10 people tell me that I'm usually pretty satisfied, I don't need a hundred or a thousand, but, um, this is my way of finding people who need the help. When I, yeah, when I do podcasts, et cetera, you know, I usually find people like, I just feel like I'm going to get an honest shake with this guy. He's going to give me straight answers and he's going to work hard for me. And, um, you know, so it's a lead generation tool for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say when, we, you know, hearing your story, hearing the way you've, you've struggled, just the work that you've put in. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, this guy I can get behind, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm behind on my bills. I'm struggling <laughs> to pay, make my car payment. I'm struggling yeah. to pay the rent on my apartment or whatever it is. That's the guy I can connect with. He was there. He was mm-hmm. in that same situation. He's worn mm-hmm. my shoes, maybe not literally, but he's worn these shoes, right? <laughs> and he's walking that same path. He yeah. knows how to fall forward. That's who I want to get behind. So if people want to reach out to you, Todd, how can they do that? Yeah, um, I just, I was not a big fan of websites because I felt like people were just building them for vanity reasons. But I find that people do want a place to go and learn a little bit about me before they join my consulting groups or engagement series. Um, And so I built a website recently called uh, beachview.com. I'm sorry, beachview.biz. So www.beachview.biz. And it's got a little introduction of what our team is like and how we might be able to help you. We run businesses. We have for five active businesses right now, we, we do revenue of seven or $8 million a year for those four businesses or for four or five businesses. So, you know, we're just like you, we run businesses every day. We come in and we open the doors and we, um, you know, we do our books and hire staff and create processes. And so those are things that we work on every day and we can share our lessons with, uh, folks who want to run a business in a, in a convenient way. 
You've been uh, on the podcast tour trying to get your message out, finding that ideal customer to co- or client essentially to help take them to that next level. Uh, yeah. Kind of a selfish question because we love video testimonials, but you've been on a lot of podcasts. Uh, what was yeah. your experience like on the Business Bros? Oh, you're fun. <laughs> you're way more fun than most podcasts. Let's put, let's start with that, right? Um, I think there's a there's a cool energy about podcasts that um, is very authentic in yours. The curiosity element is um, it it just makes it interesting to talk to. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's one of the reasons I like doing them is because I'm on them all the time. Like I mm. download, you know, Spotify and iTunes and and Apple um, constantly, and um, I find to make them interesting. Um, like, uh, who's the, who's the comedian turned martial arts, uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Sorry. He's one of my favorites because he's so damn curious. Like he Mm -hmm. really wants to know the answer and he, he invites people on his program all the time that he may not agree with because he wants to understand their, their perspective and their context. Um, and so, yeah, my experience with your show is that you're a person who genuinely wants to, to get to know other people and, you know, learn some little tip from them and make it fun. I always call it the cheat code, man. Like you can read books. I do that. I can listen to audiobooks. I do that. I listen to podcasts. Definitely do that. But nothing beats having a conversation with another entrepreneur, somebody who has their own life experience, who's, who's can teach you things that you've maybe never even seen. And I always, I always related to the matrix. Every time this mic comes on, this camera comes on, it's like, I'm plugging myself into the matrix and I'm uploading all the stuff that you get to share with me. So Todd, thank you very much, man, for coming on the show. Uh, it's been, it's been a blast. I can't believe, uh, 30 minutes have gone by before we head out. Right. (laughs) Before we head out, is there anything that maybe we didn't cover? I I maybe didn't ask we missed or last thoughts. I think people who want to run remote businesses, because this is, this is a big thing nowadays. People don't want to go into an office. They want to run it remote somewhere where they're comfortable and near their family and kids and safe and, and all that. Um, it really takes um, a, a business skill called delegation. And I think that um, it's one of those things that I encourage people just to work on that one skill as opposed to assuming that the business that you start is is the answer. Like becoming an Instagram influencer is not the only way to run a remote business. I have a construction wholesale company, you know, and I have a gym and I have a consulting and coaching firm and all of those are remote and they're very different types of businesses. So um, yeah, I encourage people to take the business that you do love or the business that you want to be in or the business that you're in because you have to be right. And just learn the skills about how to make it remote. Um, Delegation is probably the, the magic trick to that. It's possible, ladies and gents. It's totally possible, especially in 2020, where it's even more socially acceptable for you to hire employees, to work around the world, to work remote, wherever it is that you want to do. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested, ladies and gents, beachview.biz. Beachview.biz is where you can find Randall's information, or you can follow him on social at Beachview Coaching. But I suggest you just reach out, have a conversation. I mean, look, 30 minutes have flown by. I mean, we've yeah. gotten to talk about uh, it, selfishly because it's my show. Get to talk a little <laughs> bit about what I'm going through and relate to a coach that's out there that has a very similar mm-hmm. situation. Sometimes we just need that business therapy because business isn't easy. There's mm-hmm. always going to be struggles. We have emotional ups, emotional downs. Uh, yeah. And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to and walk you through those things. Todd can be that person for you. So go to beachview.biz, beachview.biz, or follow him on social at beachviewcoaching.com. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say .com, but no, at Beachview Coaching. All, All right. right, Todd, thank you very much, man, for being on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of your SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy it's Thursday. Nice talking to you. All right, ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys again manana. Peace. And we're out. Thanks for watching the Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start